Hi, I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So Sheree, it's been pretty real recently, all over the place. What's going on with you? (laughs) I mean, first and foremost, we're not in Mexico anymore, and so I'm shedding a thug tear for that. (sighs) Same, though I'm pretty happy to have power again. (laughs) It's the consistency for me, like the consistent Wi-Fi and power. (laughs) Now here we are on the other side of the election. I feel like this huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. You know what's so crazy? I knew that the Trump years were the struggle, but I did not expect this Holy Ghost spirit lifted. Like, I felt like I was at a Sunday sermon. Like, I was like, (laughs) so the whole way I found out was hilarious because I, you know, moved into my apartment, which is actually my real moment for the week, which I'll talk about in a few seconds. But anyway, I remember going in the front room, which is my son's room, and hearing like pots and pans clanging and like people cheering. Mm, like the 7 p.m. Brooklyn thing. Yeah, which ironically, the only other time I know of this is when the pandemic was thick AF. And that's like the salute to the essential workers and the healthcare workers. But because that's already been a tradition here, people actually did it when Kamala and, and Joe won the election. And so when I first heard it in the front room, I was like, what's going on? Maybe somebody's having a party at the community garden. Then I go to the back room and I hear it again. I go to my backyard and I was like, oh shit, my entire neighborhood is doing this thing. And only then did I check my phone. Mm. So I didn't see the results because I had kind of put what myself in a- What a beautiful a... way to find out about it. That's such a New oh, York way. That's epic. So then I just got my pots and pans and I was probably outside screaming for like 30 minutes. Like I was just like- <laughs> This is what we're doing. And that was the whole day. Like, I drove to Ikea because that's what you do when you're moving and you need shit for your kid's room. So literally Did you bang everywhere. the Ikea pots and pans when you were in the aisles at Ikea? I mean, people were, like, literally driving around Brooklyn, fist out in the air. Everybody was just honking. People were outside. It was just, it was wild. It was just LA like, was the same. I thought it was so interesting to see the whole car scenario here. Like there were definitely people that just took to the streets and were having like parties in Silver Lake and like just yeah. straight up DJing outside. But the honking, like LA people drive. So they were all in their cars and there was just like honking all day long. That's hilarious. Up and down sunset. So much honking. <laughs> no, Saturday was really beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like 75 degrees in Brooklyn. Everybody was outside. Every bar was socially distance packed. It was a beautiful day and people were literally like, thank God, like young people, old people, Black people, white people, Latina people, like it was, everybody was just like, it was really interesting to feel the relief in the air. The relief of somebody who is qualified to do the job. Right. Like that's just what it was. Mm -hmm. It was funny. Our CTO actually was driving on a road trip with his girlfriend from New Hampshire to North Carolina and was able to literally pull into the stadium in Wilmington, Delaware, where Biden was given his speech. Oh, wow. And caught it at the end, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, really it was. Cool. It was. I, I had actual tears watching Kamala's speech. It was Same. really impressive. Like, 
Joe's was solid, and I get that he had to say the things to unite the American people and stuff. And as a non-American watching it, I was like, some of this sounds so funny. Like, Americans are just so American. <laughs> like, you'd never hear, <laughs> Americans I don't know, like, American. you'd just never hear, like, a European or a Canadian politician, like, saying certain things. Like, some of it sounds so, like, I don't know, corny to me, but I... Yes. I understand that that's like what resonates here, and I get it. And it was. But the right I don't message. even know if it really resonates, to be honest. Well, I thought the message was clear, which is like we're going to heal, and that's definitely what needs to happen. But Kamala's speech, I was like, oh my god, like yeah, she this crushed is it. Epic, and also she that suit. She was just. There's this really funny meme about Kamala. And it has her with like these extra tracks, like this weave extensions at the end. The shit is hilarious. It's like Kamala on inauguration day and she looks like Beyonce and it's kind of the best thing ever. And I'm like all about whatever Kamala's looks are because people forget that Kamala Harris dated Montel Williams and wore white outfits with him to all white parties. And we should never forget that this woman is our Madam Vice President because she has lived a life. Like, I love her. <laughs> I had to Google it. The Montel, it's the Montel Williams dating pictures for me. Like, she, she's just a different person. And I'm just excited. I do think we all need to, like, mobilize ourselves around Georgia because... Mitch McConnell is still going Mitch McConnell. And if we don't get this Senate situation together, we're going to be happy that Cheeto is not in the office, but we're still not going to be able to get anything done. I've been thinking a lot about like what financial resources I can dedicate. I've been thinking a lot about like my family members in Georgia who might be disenfranchised. Like how do I mobilize them? It's been a really interesting thought process because I'm like, the fight isn't over like, we still have this January 5th special election to get through. Yeah. And yeah. I know it's an uphill battle, but if we can somehow make a thing happen, then, like, we can really see, like, a proper shift. Yeah. Because it's going to be really hard to get things done, and there is a lot of work to do. This is just a crack of hope. The door is open a tiny sliver, and yeah. now we have to, like— do the work and do the, tra- do the transition work and the sort of like wartime president work that needs to happen against this virus. And um, mm-hmm. and I think that they can do it, but it's not going to be easy. No. And I'm concerned that if they are stalemated and can't get things done, then Biden's just going to get blamed and that's not going to yep. be productive. I mean, that's kind of what they did to Obama, honestly. People forget. It is what they, not kind of, it is. What it's exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. And people's memories are just so like shallow that like, they're like. Yeah, they're like, oh, Obama never did, it didn't get anything done. It's like, well, actually he did do a lot of things and wasn't able to do other things. The New Yorker article that he wrote about doing the Affordable Health Care Act bill is really interesting. Mm, I need to check it out. I need to check it out. I haven't seen it. He's a good writer. He's great. Not surprisingly. I mean, he's super smart, but I was like, oh, I was like reading this magazine article and then I'm like, this is really well written. Who's the author on? Oh, oh, this was, oh, this was written by President (laughs) I see. I see. Right, right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well then. (laughs) No, it's, I feel... Um, I know it's corny to say, but, like, I definitely feel hopeful. I feel relieved that we got it done. I think, like, I heard so many people talking about 
not realizing how toxic and divisive the environment had been in the U.S. for so many years. And I was like, how could you not realize that? Like, I felt like I was just watching, like having to be on guard and like watch everything that came out of Washington yeah. and like kind of like parent, like you know, almost like, you know, just be aware because like there's someone that's not doing their job. And so I needed to like be paying attention. And exactly. now I'm like, uh, now it's kind of like, you know, as a leader or like a business person, you're like, whew, okay, finally got that department started out. I don't need to be like watching that so closely anymore. It's like, I can just assume that this person will do their job and there won't be like, like at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum that they're qualified to do it. And it's not going to be like some batshit crazy new thing every week. <laughs> I think it's like, there's just been like a low grade anxiety yeah. that a lot of people didn't recognize. But at the same time, like 71 million people were like, this is what makes sense for America. 71 million people. I know. And I think that's the part that like, just because the Democrats are in office, those 71 million people don't disappear. And until we figure out, I was actually listening to a conversation on Clubhouse and they were talking about like the spiritual and intimate work that needs to be done in America. And wondering aloud how do we mobilize the effort of actually connecting with people that believe in this set of beliefs like what is that effort what is the grassroots effort not to just mobilize people against but to actually do that work and i don't think this that's a political conversation this is a social spiritual civic exercise that really needs to happen. Cultural, exactly. That really needs to happen in order for us to move forward. Because if we keep, right now the strategy on both sides is like bring out more numbers so we can defeat the other side. Mm -hmm. But at some point, Trump or no Trump, that divide is real. I was listening to the the Daily this morning, and I had to shut it off because I just couldn't deal with it. Um, and I was like, let me have my moment. But they were presenting, like, both sides and people being really relieved and then interviewed this woman from New Jersey who was, like, also in a state of anxiety about so many things that are legitimate to have anxiety about, like, mm. her job, her, the kids' Zoom school, like, her daughter falling behind, not getting a first day of, like, high school, like, not all of this stuff that, like, everybody's going through. But her thinking that this was going to be more of a problem under Joe Biden. And I'm like... This is really interesting how people have gotten this so twisted up. Like literally yeah. the reason we're in this situation right now, the reason you don't have a stimulus check and you can't also run your business and also your kid is failing 10th grade yeah. or whatever is because <laughs> of right. how this has been handled. <laughs> right. But it's like there's a blinders. But that wasn't clear to her. She was very blind to that. And I thought – that was interesting. And then I was also like, actually, I can't take this on a Monday morning. Goodbye. But um, <laughs> I did try. I gave it my level I mean, best for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just have my continue to have my little moment of like, thank God. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. There's a lot of people that seem heavily misinformed. 
it's that and also just not being spoken to. Like I think all of the time, like I have never not lived in a dense urban environment. Yeah. And like I've also made strategic decisions not to live in environments where black people aren't doing well. I've literally only lived specifically in Atlanta, the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area and New York. Why? Because they have the highest percentages of black college degree holders in America, black people making over 100K a year. Why? Because I need the inputs I get through osmosis to be positive. Mm -hmm. Like, so I literally specifically have only lived in those environments, but not everyone has the opportunity to make those choices. So if you're in situations where you're surrounded by noise that's amplified in a way that is not conducive to you feeling in charge of your own life, like that's what many people are dealing with. And so on the left, that's why you have so many people who think voting doesn't matter, even if they don't believe in Trump or that sort of person. And on the right, you have a lot of people who built their livelihoods in in sectors that are literally not going to come back. And no one has done the hard work of going into those communities and helping create pathways for them to exist with dignity in the future. And so people are looking for someone to blame and other is a lot easier to blame than anything else. And I think that is a fundamental result of globalization and urbanization. And if we don't deal with that, I mean, you can live in the UK in the countryside and still have dignity. You can still have a craft that is respected. You can be a damn carpenter or you can be like all of these things are respected professions. But in America specifically, there's a lot of things that our own industrialization has marginalized and people are left out. Well, you get a lot of the similar problems there actually too with like a divide between the urban centers of like London yeah, and the countryside. Yeah, I mean Brexit. And, yeah, actually Brexit's interesting too because I'm very curious to see what the ramification of the American election is going to have on it because I think a conversation that hasn't been addressed in the U.S. because, well, American media is so myopically <laughs> focused on America. <laughs> is that, Also Americans. Yeah. Is that, well, like, actually, so, like, Boris Johnson had struck a lot of potential deals with Trump to aid the Brexit situation. And now that, well, I just think that Biden's probably not going to stand for a lot of the Johnson rhetoric that's happening over there. So, It'll be really interesting to see what happens to the UK. Like a lot of my friends in in the United Kingdom were watching with bated breath to see what happened with the American election because there will be downstream effects for sure to that country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And globally. Yeah, and globally. I mean, it's not quite so potentially rosy, I think, because you paint the picture. There's definitely their fair share of, of issues too, but I think overall, like a hundred percent, this is this is a thing that's happening everywhere. There's jobs that are less respected now and those people want to understand their future and it's scary and when people get scared it's easy to point your finger at the other i'm laughing because we we literally just i mean necessarily so we had to talk about 
the most important thing in the world and why we did two damn episodes in one week. So appropriate. But other shit is happening. That's other real shit too. Is happening. Let's talk about it, Sheree. Like me moving into my first apartment by myself in like seven years. Like it's crazy. I have basically been a nomad hard for the last three years. Like mailing addresses, family kind of vibes, bopping all over Africa. Like that's what I've been doing. But, you know, post-raise, post-COVID, trying to figure out what's the best thing for me to do. It felt like New York was the best thing for me to do, even though for a little bit I thought I would move to Ghana. To be completely transparent, like I ruined myself financially to start my company. Clear out the 401k, take already minimal credit cards and like destroy all of it. And being able to somehow climb out of that and into getting a really nice apartment in one of the most difficult apartment markets in the world was pretty like powerful for me. And I think on so many levels, one, my founder journey was one of initially having a romantic partner who supported what I was doing and that enabled me to kind of go on this path That relationship ending in one of the most petrifying moments I had was like, how am I going to have a place like a roof over my head and still build this business to like having a landlord who used to be a venture capital lawyer literally be like, you can stay here through the end of the lease and just pay me my rent on the other side of it in New York fucking city. My journey as a founder has just been marred by financial constraints until very recently And being able to pay myself enough to afford a place here that I felt comfortable in, that made sense for my son and I, and just sitting here knowing that I did it on my own was literally like, I remember coming back from Mexico knowing that the keys to my apartment were at my aunt's house when I arrived. And it was the most settled feeling I've had like in years. Mm. Something about just knowing like, and I don't own my place, but like just knowing that there was like a place that was mine. And as a founder of a travel company, it looks really glamorous to like be in Senegal, then be in Ghana, and then be in South Africa. IG is definitely like... (laughs) I mean, it used to be lit. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) Clearly. But in the background that lack of home actually was really pressing on me and beginning to impact me as a founder. I can only imagine. Like constantly feeling aimless, constantly feeling like. That sounds so hard. I'm so happy for you, Sheree. I'm like, this is so beautiful. Aww. It's what it's an incredible been, moment to climb all that way and be able to like step in the front door of your Brooklyn apartment and be like, I fucking did this. I got to shout out our investors too, because I mean, we talk a lot about the women part of our founder journey and like being female founders and, you know, getting to the place where I actually earned enough as a founder to be able to afford the apartment I wanted in New York was a conversation with one of my investors who was like, I think it's because you're a woman that you don't think you should pay yourself well. And he was like, I know that's not PC to say, but you work 
literally 80 plus hours a week, you know, what you should pay yourself is less than 10% of your total money raised ever. Like, I don't even understand how you've been doing this for this long. And I was like, damn, we're really out here undervaluing ourselves literally to the detriment of our success as founders. Mm -hmm. And like something like not having a home base is, I think, can be like a huge detriment. Like I'm a very go with the flow person. You know that like we travel Mm -hmm. well together. We're both a little bit chaotic, I think. And I can do a lot of bouncing around for a long time, but I know myself well enough to know that like, if I don't have like, even just like the background noise of not knowing where your things are, are they in this storage unit? Are they in that place? Are they in that friend's closet? Oh, I really need this thing, but it's over there. Like the amount of logistics involved, having to go pick up your mail at a different place. Like I've definitely done my fair share of this too. Like I've lived in so many addresses. I've moved massive like long haul moves like three times in my life like it's and you lose stuff along the way you just like oh my stuff God. just disappears I'm like I, I don't know where that went I, I lost it in the London move or <laughs> I lost it in the New York right. move or like I, maybe that's in my storage facility in LA I don't know and it's it it's like really uh it just creates a lot of churn in the background that is unnecessary yes, and that's unhelpful a great way to describe it for what you need which is focus and even like efficiency and like being like, why are you putting this Ikea thing together when you can get a task rabbit? Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. And though that's so real and so important. I was looking the other day at like my bathroom where there is a Ikea shelf still in its cardboard wrapper that has been there since July and it's November. And you haven't hired a task. And I haven't hired a task rabbit to get it yet because I'm like, Oh, I'll just do it one weekend. No, you won't. But you won't, though. And you shouldn't. Because with your limited-ass time, go kiss somebody. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, something else besides that damn Ikea show. So I actually was like, all right, Hannah, you need to you need to make a list of all the little like annoying things that are not finished and hire someone Mm -hmm. to help you deal with this because this is not the best use of your time. I literally hired a task rabbit to hang up my clothes out of the garbage bags <laughs> I packed them in. That's a good idea. It was great. Yeah. It was Put the greatest some idea. money into the hands of people that need a job. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've never regretted any moment that I've ever hired people to help me do these types of things. Yeah. It is a wonderful act and service and shout out to all the people out there that help folks do things all the time because it is so amazing and necessary. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. But that's it. That's my moment this week. I love I'm it. I'm out here living my best bedside I'm just, life. This is like, what an uplifting, awesome episode this is going to be. Like, Right? We have hope. Right. You've got an apartment. I feel like this is such a complete change from last week's episode or earlier this week. I mean, also a few days ago when a we were like ago. WTF. Yeah. I was like in it. This is this is life. This is the founder journey. You're on It is. You are on the roller coaster. Facts. You know what else we're on the roller coaster about? Our record scratch. Which is, this guy just hasn't even conceded. What is going on? How do we put the Cheeto back in the bag? Like I don't know. What Did is you going see on? the ritual stomping of Cheetos that was happening? <laughs> no. Like, people were like, ritual stomping Cheeto. I said, 
that's some gentrified Brooklyn shit. I mean, I get it, but it was a stretch. I, it was a stretch for me. But I was like, okay, yes, at the like public media facing level, this is a mess. But I'm more worried about what is this dude about to be doing for the next two months? Yeah. Well, also what's interesting is a lot of the key Republican leaders in that party, too, have also not acknowledged it because they're, like, falling in step and doing what their boss is doing, which is not recognizing that democracy happened. It's wild. that just blows my mind even more because I'm like, okay, this one guy over here, we know this is a little bit like, "Mm." but all these other people, they're just, like, regular politicians that are, like, doing the jobs. Like, they know that this is how it works. They know what is going on. This is, like... (laughs) It's crazy. Like, I don't even understand. Mm. So y'all just still riding this out as if, like, he didn't just lose. And, I mean, part of it is the numbers. They still probably feel like our folks are following this guy's tenants, whether this guy's in office or not. And they're trying to figure out, like, how to move ahead and I don't think it's really set in on them. I, I mean, just hope lost. that he tweets so much BS and fake news and, and inflammatory things that he gets kicked off Twitter once he's no longer president because then he'll just be a normal person with a normal Twitter account that is subject to all of the same community rules. That And would Twitter be- actually said as much. They literally were like, once someone's no longer an elected official, the things they have to say are not deemed like public I forget what the word was, but like public something. And so it's basically like, if he's not the president, we don't have to keep him on Twitter. And I'm here for it. I'm like, yes. That would be the ultimate. Kick him off. But what if he comes to Clubhouse? That would be a lot. Ooh. <laughs> that would, be that would actually be kind of interesting now that I think about it. Like, what would his profile photo be? Is he on Instagram? No, he's not on Instagram. I don't know. I've never seen an Instagram. Would he from go him. on TikTok? Like, would he just start using other social media I if don't he know. got deleted off Twitter? What would Trump's TikToks be like? I hope he's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting in Mar-a-Lago shouting at people. <laughs> That's probably exactly what he'd be doing. Shame. But anywho. Maybe he'll show us his skincare routine. What is it? Orange bronzer? <laughs> like, are you serious? I don't know. And like, what is the opposite of the Kylie Jenner lip kit? Like, what makes your lips smaller? Because whatever that is, is what he's using. The man has no lips. To talk so much shit, he has no lips. Yeah, they're like gone. It's He has a very strange. He's a very strange And lips. even his voice, I'm sorry, it's just too much. I don't want to rag on the man anymore. He about to lose his job, which were the best means between that and the Avengers that you about to lose your job. Like it was so and it had all the Democrats dancing to the you about to lose your job. I was like, this is so good. I love the Internet for all of these memes. I the was internet here for has them. been pretty good recently, it has. which is a good moment to transition to culture, which is like. YG being number one just to like I mean I didn't even know this song existed oh like FDT did not know it was a song I had never heard it until in my neighbor's elation my neighbors across the street that's something I love about Brooklyn is like if you're not clued into the music your neighbors will let you know what's up because they're gonna be playing it (laughs) my neighbors had the like big ass Trend like West Indian Day Parade 
Juve speaker that's like eight foot tall out on the porch playing YG FDT on repeat all damn day long. I love it was it. the best. And he went number one on um, iTunes. Yeah, it's amazing. In other culture news, to transition into more subtle music uh, <laughs> finds this week. <laughs> I know I always go on about selection on this show, but you do. I mean, you should I do. Get I just, I really, I really love Joe K and everything he's been doing for the last ten years. But I have to say, this last episode, four eighty is like really good. So you should go listen to 480. I mean, you know, most of them are they're all good, but like 480 is like I'm going to listen good. to it today. I need some I need some tunes. I I need mood music these days in my life. 480 <laughs> is is good mood music. It's good. It's evening evening vibes and Ooh. doesn't have doesn't have much talking in it. It just the maybe music for just the plays. birthday. This feels like a good Geodome See, moments. I'll find you a spot. I'll curate your playlist. What else but do you need, But you won't Trey? be there, and I have the sad. <laughs> I really want to come. I thought about it. I was, like, this close to looking at, like, flights to New York, oh, and I was like, I can't. I wish we were going to be there. It's going to be so weird with you not there. It's not responsible in a pandemic. It's not responsible. And we just did a whole last month in Mexico, so there's that. Well, I and did. I got to go to Canada soon. You do. You do. You do. You do. You do. I got to do some other things right now, but... Also, besides Selection uh, episode 480, which you should totally go listen to, you can find it on Apple Music or uh, SoundCloud, Okay, is a new group that I was introduced to um, called Men I Trust, who's actually Canadian. And Uh-oh. they're great. They're from Montreal. And Look they've at got you. like some really Having good music tracks. in the culture moment. So, okay. yeah, go check that out. I'm like, okay, I got two things to, to do my music Googles, which is called Search Apple Music. I like this. I like this. Look at our upbeat ass episode today. Like, yes. So I do have some takeaways for those of you who remember my moment, even though it was out of order today. One thing I learned through this whole process with my apartment, at least me, I don't know about everybody else, but I do think there's a significant amount of lack of focus or understanding around how important it is as a founder to be in your best position to win. Mm. And we need to put more emphasis on like the the whole founder and and really like creating structures in your team, in your financials. Like that makes sense. Like we're not saying become a founder and then like ball till you fall. Like that's this is not what we're saying. But I I do think it's important to recognize what you need to be comfortable because if you're stressed about money or you're stressed about where you live or you're stressed about like all these additional stressors that actually affect your ability to do your actual job can be eliminated. And I think it's really important for founders to understand that like you should not, because you read it on the internet, be in a position where like your life isn't set up for you to win. So that's one connected to that is like also speaking about what you need. So when I realized what my issue was, I spoke to my board. I spoke to investors that I thought could give me some real-time feedback and actually included them in the process of figuring out what was going to work. And so when I did it, they helped me get comfortable with it because I wasn't comfortable with it. And being able to have that 
is really, really important in the kind of investors and advisor you choose. Anyone who's out here like, you don't need to make anything, they're not living in real life and they and they don't understand like what it takes out of you at a personal level to build something big. And so I think I think that's important. I think the final thing for me is also don't undercount yourself. Depending on what you're building, if you're anything like myself or Han, you're building something you love and strongly believe in. And I realized in this process of basically getting a raise so that I could stay in New York City, I was undercounting the actual work that I do day in and day out because in my brain, I'm doing what I love. So because I'm doing what I love, I was not actually valuing, like you work 80 plus hours a week. Like you are on call 24 seven. If you remove the fact that it's your own thing and it's something you love and you look at what another CEO of a company is making, you know, even at your revenue size or not, it allowed me to look at things differently. I think those things are really important, particularly for women, because sometimes you can get so wrapped up in the privilege of building your own company that you forget that like no one gave it to you. Like you are working you for this. It. Yeah. But there's so few people that do it. It's like, oh, I'm special. So I'm going to like take it all on. And I think another really important message too is that you're also a woman and naturally we just end up with like a lot of extra labor, especially mm-hmm. also you're a mom. So you definitely have extra labor and like things to pay for. Like 12 year olds are not cheap. And Mm-mm, trust me. So like you got to pay See yourself my chicken bill the right my amount bill. of money <laughs> to be able to do all the things like the it's trombone facts. lessons and the, you know, the things. But I've reflected on this a lot as a, as a woman founder that Also, when I hear the stories of a lot of successful men who built their companies, there was no surprise, often a woman partner in the background who was holding their shit together for them, like managing the bills, dealing with house stuff, cooking meals, maybe taking care of other people, organizing schedules. And you hear a lot of them talk about like the indebtedness and the gratitude to these partners. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work the same way for women. A lot of people are not interested in dating a woman who is like being a total boss at her own company and doesn't have time Mm -mm. to do anything except Postmates some dinner. That's like, and and that's harsh to say out loud, but I think it's the truth. And I think it's important that we recognize it and realize that we're also just doing a lot more. So we got to pay ourselves to be able to handle these things. To be able to get help. Quite frankly. Yeah, because sometimes you need to hire someone to hang up your clothes. Some Sometimes you do. And therefore, <laughs> be prepared for your Zooms the next day. Because you know where your good shirts are. And yeah. who cares where the bottoms are? Because <laughs> you're on Zoom anyway. <laughs> and on that oh note, we'll see you next week. We'll be coming back uh, regular on Thursdays after this. And you can find us on all of the places that you listen to your podcasts on 
Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts. And if you want to say hi or drop us a line, um, you can do that at Got Real Pod on Twitter or Instagram. And we're going to be wrapping up the season soon in December. So get your questions in or any moments that you want to talk about. We'll see you soon. Bye.